The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What makes a successful entrepreneur? One who is constantly worried about the success of their business to the point where they don't have any time for themselves? Or one who keeps an eye on business but also makes time for the rest of their life? Welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom with host Shirley Dalton. In this program, you'll learn how to create an amazing, successful business and still have time for a life. Now, here's Shirley Dalton. Welcome everyone. It's so good to have your company today. As always, we have another great interview lined up for you. Today we're talking about money and more specifically your relationship with money and how that may affect how much of it you have or have not. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom and I'm your host Shirley Dalton. Our guest today, Jane Monica Jones, is an inspiring and highly compassionate teacher, author, counsellor and personal and professional development facilitator. Ooh, I like her already. She's one of my kind. She's a trained Anapana Satsi meditation teacher and for many years Jane has worked with the Path of Love process and is a certified train the trainer. As a counsellor, she uses a process-orientated therapy approach and specialises in relationship, grief, addictions and trauma. Her latest work, The Billionaire Buddha, is an inquiring into one of the most significant relationships of our lives, and that is money. Rather than a course in strategies to make more money, this work focuses on our relationship with money through a therapeutic process. In order for us to have more trust, ease and fulfilment in this relationship which is intrinsically linked to our survival. Wow, Jane, welcome. I can't wait to hear more about this. Thank you, Shirley, and thank you for having me on your show. Ah, it's a pleasure. So we're going to get into the billionaire Buddha in a little bit, but before we get into that, could you please give us a little background on why you chose to look at money and our relationship with it? And why is it important to understand our relationship with money? Well, relation you know, the relationship with money is is so so massive in our life and, and certainly in my counselling practice it would be a theme that a lot of my Clients would talk about, you know, that they're either struggling with money or it's an issue in their relationship, and and I really felt that that it's a sort of a standalone subject, just like our relationship, you know, personal relationships or our relationship with health. Mm-hmm. It is something that we have from our birth, and it's probably going to take us to our death. And it, you know, looking at a lot of the work that's out there in this space about, you know, success gurus or, or you know, how do we make more money, there's something that was missing for me and it was about that, what is it? What is that relationship beyond my need for it? What is this sort of complex part of ourselves that, you know, is always having to deal with money? You know, you're having to pay bills, you're wanting to get ahead, you're having it in, you know, a lot of your listeners would be talking about for their business. Mm-hmm. And rather than just saying, okay, I want I, if I have more money, it's going to make me happier, 
let's look at this fundamental piece that we all have to deal with. And so that inquiry, you know, has, you know, on a, on a personal level, I've been really fascinated with my own relationship, but I see it in the world in a greater sense as well. Um, so that's really where the Billionaire Buddha, the concept for the book came out and also the, the course work as well. And I think, you know, We've, we've all got some sort of challenge around money and, and it's a deep and very complex subject of which I'm, you know, hoping that we can inquire more about. And I'm, I love the fact that you're going down this track. Um, I, I can remember one of my mentors saying, Shirley, there's uh, rich people's problems and poor people's problems. And he said, I can tell you rich people's problems are better, but they've both got problems. <laughs> and I thought, mm, okay. <laughs> oh look, it is. It is. It's the same. It's the you know same pain, different story. You know, mm -hmm. um, that and that's reflective in any relationship. You know, and the relationship with money is essentially that same thing. It has the same qualities of relationship, even with our husbands or our wives or our children. And that's you know it's what what makes it so fascinating. Yeah, and I'm yeah, I'm fascinated to hear more about this because it's a unique way of looking at it. And you're right, people say, oh, we want to make more or get more or save more, or, you know, etc. And it's all about more, more, more. Uh, and yet when we get more, uh, I'm going to say we're not necessarily happier. But, you know, many people believe that having more money will make us happier. So is that true? Look, I mean, there is that thing is bandied around and a lot of people say it that, you know, um, it doesn't make you happy but it gives you choices and that's absolutely true that you might you might be able to choose to travel more or choose to have more things or whatever like that. But behind that, what is even our choice to to have more staff or, or, or any experience? And for me, I think the biggest human journey is about connection. How do we connect more in our life, either with ourselves or, or life itself, and with ourselves or with life itself, essentially. And we believe, and you know, I'll talk a little bit about this a bit further when we, when we get into this conversation, but it comes from our primary relationship with the, what I believe is the primary relationship between the parent and the infant when we were very young. That if you see me, you will keep me alive, you will feed me. And we never really lose that essential need in our life. And as we grow, we think, okay, well, if I have more money, it means that I can, you know, survive. And and I think we can sometimes get that little, little bit muddy that if I, the more that I have is the more that I'm being seen. And this is what I really look at in The Billionaire Buddha is what is this, this kind of yearning inside of us that need to kind of be seen, to be connected, that we sometimes muddy that it, that it is the thing that we want with money. And really what we all really, to a foundational level, is want more connection. But we think that the tool of money is going to give us that. And this is looking at the Billionaire Buddha work is about really working out is it connection or what is it that I'm using money as a tool to to kind of hide behind my real need for connection. Oh, that's you understand what I mean? Yeah, that's a really interesting concept there. Money as a tool to hide my real need for connection. And I'm just thinking that there would be a lot of people that would not be consciously aware of that. Totally. <laughs> totally true. I mean, 
you know, we live in a time now where we're looking very much at kind of the human condition. There's a lot of personal development work. There's a lot of, you know, work around improving our life in business and all that sort of stuff. So we really are in that space. There's a human longing to kind of work out the meaning of life or at least work out our own life. And through, I think, what I think kind of makes it a bit more attractive is when we look at money is because Again, it's about that, you know, significance. There's a, a phrase that I've started to coin, which is about the trophy life. You've heard of the idea of the trophy wife, you mm -hmm. know, that if you get to a certain stage and success in life, you might have the trophy wife. I think sometimes some of us actually say, well, we want the trophy life. We want to be able to show the world that I've made it and I've been successful and, 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 and you know, these are the trappings of having that success. The thing that I like to inquire is saying, okay, well, what's underneath that? Even that need to be successful or even that need to stand out, is it that maybe, you know, your money wound um, is, is driving that need for significance or that need for power or that need for, you know, connection? And, and is, is there, you know, the source of that, is there a little bit of suffering in there that you don't feel empowered, you don't feel connected, you, you feel of lack of significance. And so this drive, you know, um, you know, dictates a large portion of our life. And, you know, as I, I said, the money wound is one of the pieces that we look at in the Billionaire Buddha. What are those wounds from our initial relationship in our family of origin that actually, uh, you know, causes our drive to 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 be in the world, um, and it, you know, and it and it could be because of you know things like a lack of significance makes us okay. Well, if I get money, I'll be more significant, or I feel unempowered in my family of origin, so I'll get money so I feel more powered. And I think it's a fascinating piece, and I think we all have that drive to understand ourselves, you know, in this kind of crazy thing that is life, <laughs> you know. And so just to clarify then for our listeners, are we only talking about the drive and the need to get more? What about people who actually go the opposite way and they, you know, they're not interested in money for whatever reason? Sure. Look, I think the, it goes back to the need to be seen. It comes back to that infant-parent relationship. Mm -hmm. And in psychology, which is my background, if we... There are a, a, a concept called the attachment um, theory, and attachment is about defining what sort of relationship we had with our parents when we were very young, and for the service of us being seen, if, if I'm seen, I will be fed. Now, we can either be seen by being noisy and out there and powerful, and, and you know, making a lot of racket in order to be seen, or we can also withdraw and actually, you know, feel that even every time that I make that call to be seen, I'm, I don't actually get heard. So it's part of the same spectrum. So our our need to be seen and and be bigger in the world is 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 one manifestation of what, the way we play out the. the our survival instincts, as well as our withdrawal. And so those, you know, it, it, I find it interesting. And in my research for this work, it's, I've spoken to a spectrum of people, those that have been very wealthy and those that have absolutely no care about money. And the core of it comes back to how they were brought up, essentially, what was happening in their household when they were children and how 
their response from their caregiver um, built up a structure of how they need to be in the world. So if I think that money is not important, sure that may sound like a pious thing, but I, I reckon if a bit of inquiry we would actually discover it's like, well every time I called out to be seen or every time I called out to get what I want, I didn't get it, so I, I shut that part of myself down. And I think that piece in there is, is that that lack of kind of that essential connection with our, our, ourself, you know, the, the, the sort of quality of life that, that comes into when we are born and, and the kind of urge for us to keep sort of surviving and living, when that gets shut down in those early, early periods in our, in our development is symptomatic of, of our relationship with money or what, whether it's saying that I want more or actually I just don't care about it. So there's there's a thread in there. I think anybody that you would inquire with that says, oh, I don't want money, it's not that important, I'd say money and exchange of energy and, and the need for resources is a very natural part of, of life and, and, and you know, just as much as a, a flower needs a bee, it is very, very natural, that interaction of, you know, outside forces is giving us, you know, an ability to survive. And I'd say there's something going on when we say, actually, I don't need money, I don't think it's important, I don't know why people are so focused on it. Wow, <clears throat> that is just absolutely <laughs> fascinating and I can't wait to get into more of this. We're going to take a short break. Listeners, stay on the line with us because when we come back, we're going to look at how your relationship with money affects you, particularly in business, and we're going to talk more about what... Jane means by money wounds. So stay with us and we'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Shirley Dalton's guide, Five Simple Steps to Business Freedom, is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide free when you discover businessfreedomfighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit businessfreedomfighters.com today. If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You 
are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Again, that's questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Welcome back. Wow, how fascinating is this? Whether you pursue money or you have a desire for money or whether you actually turn your back on money, the interesting thing, according to our guest today, Jane Monica Jones, is that our relationship is really a result of our caregiving and the way that we were brought up. And this is just fascinating stuff. So, Jane, we want to talk now a little bit then about how our relationship with money actually affects us. So, for example, in business, and you also mentioned earlier about wounds. So would you tell us a little bit more about our money wounds as well? Okay. Look, I, I tell you, I think the relationship with uh, business and, our, and our, um, our money relationship in business shows up very, very distinctly because we are in the transaction of you know, in order for a business to survive, you need you need money, and you need you know that those tills keep going. And it's interesting. I think the brave you know pursuit of anyone going out in, in, on their own is really pushing out that sort of having to kind of show up their own money wounds. And I think there's that classic example if you look at two cafes sitting next to each other in a street, and one of them's absolutely thriving, and then the, the guy next door is just you know, got no customers at all. When we look at that in the context of it's it's the money wound showing up. There's something about the guy on the left who's thriving and doing really well and his story around his relationship with money very different from the guy next door who has no one. And so we it, the reflection in business is 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 where I think for your listeners is a really great piece for them to be able to look at their own money wounds. And as I said before, our money wound is looking at our primary care relationship. It is our need to be seen and valued in the world. If I'm valued, if I'm seen, I'm going to survive as a child. And we bring that through up into, you know, we're constantly moving that, that same energy into, into our life and the same belief structures to, to adulthood. So what does that mean? Basically, the challenge for us as, as adults, you know, regardless of our story and the wounds that we might have, whether it's about the need to be seen more, the need to have more significance. If I'm if I'm seen more, and you know, if I if I'm bigger in the world, then then, then I'm more valuable. I'm I'm more able to survive. Or if if I can connect, if I can have more connections by a network of people, it means that you know I, I can accumulate more, and that again I can survive. Or that I may feel disempowered in that, that family environment and I use money as a way of being more powerful and stronger and, and you know, as I talked a little bit about that trophy life, I'm powerful, I've got, you know, accumulated much. But our challenge that we have is, is that regardless of our wounds, our relationship with money is non-static, meaning that we're having to deal with money in so many levels at so many times throughout the day, whether it's buying a coffee, whether it's going to work to make sure I get paid that bill. And every single interaction is either positive, negative or highly charged. So this relationship is constantly evolving. 
And that becomes a challenge because it's just as where you may have got something pegged about your money wound, it goes and changes again because you may have had an interaction when you're, let's say, getting divorced and then the whole kind of money thing just throws up another piece, you know, that you have to then work out or the, your business goes down or it's not making enough money. So what do we do about you know, these money wounds. And I think our biggest piece is that we need to kind of look at what the, sto the source of our origin is. What, what, what is it that come as the key things that were happening in our, in our family of origin, as well as what are the pieces that are still showing up in our life that are pain points. And this is the source of our kind of discovery of our own money wounds. In the billionaire border, we go through about nine different types of money wounds. I won't go through, you probably don't have to, um, time to go through them there, but you can go and check out more on my website. Um, but it's, it's a fascinating piece that, that painfully is, is non-static. We're constantly evolving and looking and having to have these wounds come up into our consciousness. Could you give us an example of, say, just one so that the listeners can get a, a feel for what what the wound is and how that would show up for them? Like I can remember myself, um, I was volunteering one day and a lady said to me, uh, you know, I was with her and she said, would you like a cup of tea? And I said, sure. And at the same time, I'm reaching into my bag to get the money and she said, no, no, it's all right, I'll get it. And I had to really struggle to say thank you. And we're talking about a 60-cent bit of boiling water mm -hmm. with a tea bag in a polystyrene cup. So um, I'm guessing yeah. that that's one type of wound. <laughs> that's right. Look, that, that piece would be a, a, a piece about, I mean, it's you know simply receiving, but it's also about that opening to that connection. It's, you know, where we feel that we may not trust that, that ability to be seen, that maybe, um, and, you know, and, and it's about that receiving peace. When we, we called out to be seen in our family of origin and every time we called out, it was never coming. Maybe with mum was busy or she was just tired or she had her own, you know, um, you know issues going on. And, and so we, did, we distrust uh, that that relationship or that, that if I, even every time I put myself out, I'm not guaranteed to actually get that, that response. So I miss, I distrust the kind of uh, connection or the giving receiving piece. And that's a very significant one for all of us is that fine relationship. And, you know, as I'd spoken to you before about power as well, if I can um, feel more powerful if I can scream to the top of my lungs I'm going to be seen or if I can get to the top of the corporate ladder I'm going to be seen so power receiving significance connection these are all the qualities that are the wounds that have been formed in us Wow okay so there's nine wounds that people can find out more about in your book The Billionaire Buddha and um, and then there are some things that we can do about that can you share maybe just one thing or maybe I've just missed it no that's okay sorry maybe I wasn't clear so what we can do is inquiry when we have a, a severe uh, experience around money happening in our life let's say that we're looking at bankruptcy mm-hmm we can look, and, and of course that's a very traumatic piece because it goes into that instinct of us needing to survive. When something traumatic happens in our life about um, around money, what is the kind of gift that turns up? What is the kind of 
for want of a better word, what is the kind of distraction in order for something else to arise? And and when we look at something like bankruptcy, where we're feeling like, okay, well, we just may not be able to, you know, have the next piece of bread on on our, you know, turn up on our table. How can I find? How can I get into a place of trust that that maybe life is going to have my back? And and so. You know, having that awareness and that inquiry, particularly around when we have painful experiences of our life, rather than kind of shutting down, getting into anger, getting into frustration, getting into poor me, finding the, this thread as an inquiry piece, understanding that, you know, where is it that, what sits behind this big fear that I may not actually be able to dust, dust myself up and get up and get on again? And, and is that a foundation of something that is part of our wound? Of, of where our loss of an essential quality that life has got our back and where we've lost that connection. And so everything kind of comes back, regardless of whether we do it through significance or power or, or whatever or being unable to receive, it sits underneath there is our essential loss of trust in the process of life. And this is the inquiry place that we need to go to rather than the outer mess that manifestation that my life is hell, I've lost everything. Where is it in life I've really lost that essential trust that, that I, am, I have a right to be here, that life will support me, that life will show up and, and give me something else that I can, that I can move through. Cool. I don't know about our listeners here, Jane, but that just said shivers right up my backbone and I came out in gooseys listening to that. That is such a powerful, powerful message that that you just said then, you know, about trusting that life has our back and that life will support us. I mean, that That is huge. <laughs> wow. It's, it, it, look, it, it is, it's one of those things that... For me, I think, I mean, even in the psychological process of my clients, when we, when we fall down, when we feel life hasn't got us, it's because we've cut off from that, that essential part that life goes on and we've just got to hook in and remember that that is, is why we're here. We have a right to be here. The pure fact that we've been born means that we have our right to be here and that it may not actually look in the way that our mind wants us to have it be but there might be something else that's going to show up something that's going to give you more connection more connection with life itself and essentially with your with your own heart and i think fabulous experiments have happened in the 19th well they're not they weren't so fabulous but they were um extremely uh interesting where children were given, they were, it was done in the 1950s I think, where children were actually starved of any connection. They were fed, and but they were actually uh, starved of any touch. And these children didn't thrive because the essential thing, they had their fit, they, all their, they had water, they had food, they had somewhere to sleep, but they were not given touch. And touch is an indication of connection, that I am here, that I exist and that I need to be touched. And and when we, we kind of forget that, we think that if I can get on and make, you know, an absolute fortune or if I can just reject, you know, money and live the pious life, that that's going to give us that, that, that connection with, with life itself. The natural fact, it's that touch. It's being able to be seen as our essential self is the thing that actually makes us thrive, regardless of whether we're, 
we're billionaires or regardless of whether we're you know living on the streets of Calcutta if we can have someone see us essentially regardless of what we can give them that is what gives it makes us survive and thrive wow well, that's huge, and uh, we're going to take a break now and let listeners really soak that in because there, there are some monumental concepts in that and some wonderful ahas and breakthroughs. So we're going to take a short break. I really want you to think about that while you're listening to our sponsors, and when we come back, we're going to look a little deeper into the billionaire Buddha, and we're going to talk a little bit about what Jane calls money masks. So you want to be around for that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. Shirley Dalton's guide, Five Simple Steps to Business Freedom, is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide free when you discover BusinessFreedomFighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit BusinessFreedomFighters.com today. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Again, that's questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. And we're back. So did you spend the last few minutes thinking about your connection uh, in terms of whether money is showing up for you or it's not showing up in your business, but really thinking about the concept behind that of whether you're trusting life to support you. I know for me that was just a huge aha, a huge awakening with that. And so for our listeners, I, I really trust that you're on this call today because you need to hear this message and this message is really resonating with you. Now in the break we were talking with Jane not only about the money wounds but also about a concept that she calls money masks and so I can't wait for you to learn more about that. So Jane, tell us, what's a money mask? Okay, I think I need to go back a little bit back um, in, a, in a psychological process is that when we, essentially we were born and that life 
in those early moments had our back. We were completely trusting in life supporting us. The, the pure act that we took our first breath is life in action itself. What happens around about the age of eight months or so, we start realizing uh, that we are actually our own person. We're no longer our mother or our caregiver. We actually start, the, the ego structure starts to be built. And in that ego structure is formed because it becomes part of that relationship with our mother where every time that we called out that we needed to be seen, we needed to be fed and if she wasn't responsive in a, in a positive way, we started modifying our behaviour. So we start actually building a mask. Now we can also apply this to do with money, that every time I get seen and, I'm, and I want to be seen in the world and I want to be seen as valued and worthy and if it doesn't show up, I start projecting something else to the, to the world to cover our vulnerability. Now, for my own example, and I think this is a, you know, giving true life example of what a mask looks like, you know, comes better in an example. Mm -hmm. For my own personal situation, I, for many, many years, I used to keep up this, this mask to the world that I never needed to work. People, for some reason, and probably because I gave cues out into the world that I was saying, yeah, I don't need to work, I'm fine, I'm financially free, and I'd never correct them if they'd say that. So I gave them, because I had this fear about my own worthiness and my own need to be seen, almost like what we were talking about earlier about those that are rejecting, you know, that I don't need money and I'm fine, I put up this, used to put up this mask to say, hey, actually I'm fine, I'm financially free, I'm okay, I don't, you know, need anything. And so I had put this mask out in the world to cover up the truth that I was a bit, you know, unsure about where my next pay packet was going to come in, but I didn't want to the world to see my vulnerability. So we cover up ourselves with these masks because we think that the world is going to like us more if I put this story out in, 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 into the world. Again, when we've talked about connection, it's when we go into our vulnerability is when connection happens. And there's that beautiful piece by Brene Brown about that place where we can learn and land into a sense of vulnerability, have the world really see us, that I worry that I may not, you know, I may not be successful or I worry that, you know, I may not be able to pay that next bill. And I, through the research of this book, I have seen that there are so many little money secrets that people keep that think they're completely unique that in actual fact, I've heard the stories a thousand times. It's the same pain, just a different story. We all want to be seen. We all want to feel like we've, as I said, feel like we've got life supporting us. Yet when we feel, when we, we feel we, that, you know, that, that sort of, oh, oh it's not going to turn up for me, I'm not going to have what I want, we put up another sort of bravado to the world. And that bravado keeps away connection. It actually puts a, a veil between us and our vulnerability and our, our, our way of actually going into that compassionate space for ourselves and also, also for others. So it's, it's fascinating. We think that if I put this mask to the world that I'm really wealthy and I don't have to work or that I don't really care about money is going to get connection, is going to get people like me, is actually the thing that masks the true vulnerability of actually I'm a little bit afraid. Sometimes I don't know how to get on. Sometimes I don't know how to work out how to best support myself or how to feel secure. And it's it's absurd, you know. The thing that we think we put out in the world is the actual thing that actually 
takes us away from that deep and profound connection to others that we all feel on the planet. Maybe the Dalai Lama is the only one that doesn't feel, um, you know, have any stress wounds. But I tell you, the people that I've interviewed, the ones that are very wealthy and the ones that are, uh, uh, you know, struggling um, paycheck to paycheck have that same peace, that same vulnerability. I'm afraid that I may not when we can land in that and I can see you in that you can see me in that we kind of have that breath that sort of relaxation oh my gosh I'm not alone you know we all feel it it's you know we all feel those fundamental feelings of you know I'm alone I'm 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 afraid too you know Yes, and, and um, it just faded in there for a minute. You said, I'm afraid I may not, and it just faded out. And I think, oh, isn't this interesting, the uh, universal interference, people not wanting to hear that. So no. I'm going to make sure that they do. <laughs> what was that? The feeling that, that we are not alone in our pain. Mm-hmm. We think by putting the mask up, that the world will accept us, but in actual fact where real connection comes is when we can land in our vulnerability and land in our pain and share it with another. So when we can say to the world, I'm afraid that I may not survive, I'm afraid that I may not be able to pay that bill, or I'm afraid that I may have to close the door on my business, or I'm afraid that I may not even get the next customer, we all have that and when we can realize that we're not alone in those fears, we can start having that relaxation going, oh, actually I can take a breath, I'm not alone, I don't have to put a mask up, I can actually just say, hey, I've got something here to offer, would you be keen, do you think you might pay me something for that and I'd really appreciate it if you did because you know I've got to get on life just as much as you have and there's that compassion that comes in. You know, it. it I think now in, in, in the world we have so much kind of so much loading around money and so much loading about getting on and getting a, getting ahead that, that the kind of the individual story and the individual heart essentially is being lost because the mask is putting out and saying I've got to be strong and I've got to be um, you know I've got to put this, this, this kind of uh, presentation to the world but out behind that we're all a whole bunch of kids really <laughs> running around trying to work this crazy life thing out and I think it's a beautiful quality when we can when we can really see that yeah I, I struggle I struggle too just like you do and that you know that is that piece of connection and that piece of compassion we can have for ourselves and certainly for others as well. So just on that what's your response then for some of our um uh, very stoic business owners who would be saying, oh, my God, are you suggesting that I would tell my staff that uh, I don't know how I'm going to pay you this week? I can just see some of them sort of thinking, well, how far do I go? You know, if I if I take the mask off and I think that's a, a fear there, what happens if I take the mask off and I share some of these things? Well, I mean... I think that that goes back to that same piece in relationship. I mean, if we can all get to that stage around the world that we can actually kind of take off, take off that mask and go. I mean, it, it, you know, it has to be done in context, and I see it in the therapeutic. There has to be a great amount of trust. There has to be a great enough, enough uh, vulnerability, and it has to be a set of um, in the right context. I'm not saying that any business owner should go walk in there and say, actually, that's it, guys. 
because it's going to throw up everybody else's wounds and all of it, you know, show up everyone else's marks mm -hmm. and, and it's probably not going to be the safest of environments. Mm -hmm. But I think there is a, um, you know, the, the unfoldment and the awareness in our own self-inquiry is a process and it's a journey. And, and if, you know, if any business owner feels that they need to, uh, you know, you know it's completely stressing out about money, maybe they need to go and speak to a psychologist or they give me a ring if they're in Sydney and they can come and speak to me and work on that sort of deeper level of, of what that stress is rather than, say, bringing it out. So, I mean, there's, about a, there's a certain amount of self-care and certain amount of context that, that any kind of form of vulnerability uh, for, for self-preservation needs to occur. But if you get courageous, you know, why not? I mean, if, if, you've, if you're fostering a place of, of enrichment and empowerment in your organisation, there can be that conversation. I don't think that, um, you know, I'm sure as we you know, spoke earlier, there's a lot of people, and particularly people listening to your, to your program, that they, they want to have a more feeling a more balanced and more kind of enriched way of working and why can't that conversation of, of, of you know, finances uh, be part of some aspect of, 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 the, of the functioning of that business, that this, how important, I mean, you know, any boss is going to, it's pretty obvious any boss is going to be wanting their, their, their bottom line to keep going and that, that might be crucial for their, their clients and so then, you know, if a, if a, uh, sorry, their, their workers and if a, a worker is underperforming, that's completely reflective of that, you know, fear from the boss owner that, you know, maybe we're not going to keep surviving. So I think it already happens, you know, but let's, you know, it, whether it's implicit that the boss owner, the boss may just, you know, maybe go and share it with a counsellor or explicit that they may share it in the context of the work. I think to, to degrees it's actually happening or or it might be something you might be in, introducing, not as bluntly as saying, hey, I'm worried about whether you're going to get paid, but it, 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 it's there. It's kind of a, it's a, it's part of the agenda. Don't you think? Mm. And I and I think for a lot of the business owners, there's this inbuilt sense of responsibility too. And uh, you, you know, you talked about people having the the vulnerability. In my work as an executive coach, I've worked with a lot of male um, business owners. And as you say, we're all just kids because um, for a lot of them, they have this sense of responsibility and burden that they don't want to share what's going on. That they feel Feel like they have to to carry it, and, and as you say, there we're all feeling it. Um, it's just how much we admit it and how much we inquire into it. And I, I think that's just absolutely fascinating. But we're out of time for this uh, segment, so let's take a short break. Listeners, stay with us because now when we come back, we're going to look at the three things that you can do to improve your relationship with money. So stick around. You won't want to miss this. We'll be right back. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network shirley dalton's guide five simple steps to business freedom is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives 
You can enjoy this guide free when you discover businessfreedomfighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit businessfreedomfighters.com today. If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to reclaim your freedom with shirley dalton if you have a question or a comment about the program please send an email to questions at dalton business systems.com again that's questions at dalton business systems.com now back to reclaim your freedom wow you've been listening to reclaim your freedom and i'm your host shirley dalton and today we have been talking about a fascinating topic about money and more specifically our relationship with it and we've been talking with jane monica jones who is the creator of the billionaire buddha and as you've been listening to us we've been learning more about how important the original uh, relationship that we had with our caregivers is in our relationship with money and so we just want to touch on that a little bit more so Jane you mentioned about having trust how can we learn to have more trust you know with the natural ebb and flow of money in our life okay I think the the genesis of the book uh, the billionaire Buddha and it's kind of short tagline is the spiritual nature of money and this is really where this work came uh, from is looking at this very significant relationship of which most of us cannot d- divorce from mm-hmm. um, and, and its context in the meaning of life. Um, just as much as we try and find meaning in our relationships, just and try as we find meaning in, in why and our purpose we're here, it's an inquiry into money and its meaning in our life and what it actually is showing up as a, as a teacher. And And I think this is what if we look at life and and you know outside of the self, but we look at sort of the natural world or whatever like that? Everything in the natural world ebbs and flows, and we, as humans, sometimes find that challenging. We 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 find the 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 time to there's a time to sow and there's certainly a time to reap. I think most of us constantly want to be in a time of reaping, but <laughs> part of life itself is is about those times where we sow. And, and there's also time for contraction and there's also time for expansion. And so looking at if we can kind of get into sync, into that very basic part of life itself, that there is expansion and there is contraction and there is time for sowing and there's also time for reaping. If we can kind of sink ourselves into that very natural and very profound 
uh, state that is life itself and, and, and mirror it almost or even use that as an, a, a way of kind of finding a, a meditation to kind of be with the change in life, then that is our source of just going, okay, sometimes I'm going to be expanding and, some, and, and maybe my bank balance is going to be expanding, but sometimes it's also going to be contracting. And who are we with that contraction? Just as much as who are we with that expansion? And so that trust is about saying, okay, this is going to happen. There's not, you can look at any economy around the world. There is expansion times and there is contraction times. And where, where are we? What's our relationship with ourselves when we are in contraction, when we are in that sort of sewing place? And are we our, you know, if we look at it as a real relationship, are we our best friend in those, those times of contraction? And this is a great place of inquiry and a great place of learning how we can be compassionate with ourselves and certainly with others in the world um, about when those contractions come, when, we, when, when money may be kind of tight or, or whatever. It's a great place to just be, we have to unplug a little bit from our kind of push our masks and, our, and, and, and operating from our wounds and just kind of come into that really meditation on, on this rela relationship. And, and I think when we kind of unplug from those sort of operating systems that just go, I've got to get on, I've got to keep going and I've got to get up and be better and all that sort of stuff and, and go into those lovely sort of meditative places of going, okay, well, maybe I can't do this right now. Maybe it's a time and I need to just sort of trust that. And, and in that, who can I be to myself? And I hope you understand what I mean that sometimes we might abandon ourselves when we're, when we're kind of, you know, life is not kind of showing up in a way that we want. Being our best friend is a, is, is a way we can actually just support ourselves wherever we're at. And, and um, doing it in, in a, when, when life shows us, you know, contraction and we may not have any money, this is a great inquiry space of how do I get to be my best friend in this tough time rather than abandoning myself or rather than, you know, being angry at the world. And so that trust comes when we can really just land in that essential part of, hey, life, I'm still here. I've survived to the age of 48, which is how old I am, and I'm still here. What is it do I need to keep learning? What do I need to stop? Uh, what do I need to lay down and that's not serving me um, in life? And, in, and it's in those painful contracting moments is that sometimes we can get those greatest gifts and we can just step up and be our own caregiver. What was not there when we were a kid, we can start doing that to ourselves as, as an adult. And, and, and that is where our sense of trust comes in life, that some door opens again and some, some opportunity happens or, or some deep inquiry starts to occur. And that is where trust is. The trust comes from ourselves. It doesn't come from crazily. It doesn't come from life. It actually comes from the trust in ourselves and we're able to be part and, and flow in that ebb and flow and be part of that, that, you know, we're no longer that oak tree that stands tall but we're maybe that reed of grass that actually flows with the wind and, and you know, that's a lovely kind of Buddhist concept of, of just which is stronger, the, the oak tree or the, one, or the grass that actually can bow when the wind is howling and, uh, 
and you know, learning to land in that place is is part of building that trust, or not building it, but just allowing trust to emerge. Okay, wow. Well, I really want to go into that a little bit more, but we're really coming to the end here. So with just a, a couple of minutes, um, we did promise that we would give our listeners three things that they can do to improve their relationship with money. So if you can give us a, a turbo lesson on the three things, that would be fantastic. Well, I think I've said it before. I think number one is inquiry and awareness. That is that is absolutely key. Stepping back and having a little look rather than being in the madness of how I need to get more or I need to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, looking at this inquiry and looking at the awareness that that inquiry gives us. Mm-hmm. I think number two has to be um, understanding where sometimes our outer need to seek more money could actually be our need for connection. Let's sort of unpack that. Why am I trying to just knock at this door that's not opening? Where is it that I maybe need to be connecting with someone, something, myself? Where have I lost that essential quality to just be in great connection with who I am, a being living, you know? Uh Um, And then I think third, the greatest work we can do is identifying our mask. It's been a great piece to, it's been uncomfortable looking about how I put myself out in the world and how I don't allow vulnerability, uh, my vulnerability to be seen is a great piece of uh, looking or a great sort of entry point in looking at that sort of, you know, how I cover up my wounds and how I cover up my vulnerability and start really unpacking our mask is the way we can actually come into that greater sense of trust. Trust that we can get up, brush ourselves off and keep going. So I think that's my three points. Wow, and and I really get that it's a real conundrum, isn't it? Because um, we want to cover up our wounds, and uh, and we think that by having a mask is the thing that's going to make us connect, and yet it's absolutely the opposite from what you've been saying today. So, yeah, wow, my goodness, <laughs> I just um, I, it's given me plenty of things to think about, and I'm sure listeners, you'll be thinking about this too as you go back now and decide which of those cafes are you. Are you the cafe with lots of customers, <laughs> or, or are you the one that's sitting there thinking, mm, maybe I need to look at my wounds and and do step number one, which is to step back and uh, take a look at what's happening for you. So um, thank you so much, Jane, for sharing with us today. It was absolutely fascinating. And that's all we've got time for. I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. You've been listening to Reclaim Your Freedom and we've been talking to Jane Monica Jones, the creator of The Billionaire Buddha. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next week, your job is to become even more aware of your relationship with money, your wounds and your masks and take action to resolve these so that you too can create your ideal business lifestyle. Thank you for joining Shirley Dalton and her amazing guest this week on Reclaim Your Freedom. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, relax just a bit and have a great week. Enjoy the upcoming weekend and we'll see you here for the next show.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.